1: Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today, we're going to be discussing the parenting map with Dr. Shafali. I am so thrilled to have her here today. Dr. Shafali is an expert in family dynamics and personal development teaching courses all around the globe. She's written four books, three of which are New York Times bestsellers, including her two landmark books, The Conscious Parent and The Awakened Family. Her new book, The Parenting Map, Step-by-Step Solutions to Consciously Create the Ultimate Parent-Child Relationship, just hit the
2: shelves. Dr. Shefali, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you for having me. This is how it looks. You will be getting your books if you've ordered them. It's called The Parenting Map. I'm so excited that it's releasing out into the world today because you know I've written other parenting books, but this one is really quite different because I make it really simple and I give a step-by-step, literally a journey that parents can go on to create those connections that they want.
1: What inspired you to write This book? Why did you feel like you needed something else in addition to The Conscious Parent or The Awakened Family?
2: Well, those books were more about the what and the why we need a different approach, but this one is really. Step by step, breaking it down. You know, all the parents want the how to. This is that how to. And it's very simply illustrated. You know, I'm going to show you. It has so many illustrations. It has practice exercises after every step. I really made it simple for someone who's never heard of my work before, but wants to be the best evolved parent they could be. And, and you know, you know, as moms, especially, we're exhausted. We're st- we're trying to do it all and we're winging it on most days. And I think every parent needs and deserves to give themselves as many tools because this book will liberate the parents more than they will even liberate, liberate the children.
1: Yeah. In American parenting. And I say like modern American parenting, I feel like so often parenting is like a sport. How do you juxtapose that to the practice of conscious parenting?
2: What, what do you mean by it's a sport?
1: Because we're always focused on the outcomes. This is a good child. This is what good parenting should look like. Which child is doing fencing? Which child is taking Italian lessons? Which child is doing competitive swimming, right? Everyone's trying to ratchet it up. And if you strip that away... What does that, A, what does that leave us with? And B, like I said, how do we juxtapose that with the practice of conscious parenting? I consider myself a, a conscious parent. I read, I read up about it as much as I possibly can. Look, I'm having you on the, on the podcast. We have other conscious parenting coaches on the podcast. So it's something that I think about a lot. But to have you here now live with me to ask you about your thoughts on parenting as a sport and conscious parenting. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I love that.
2: We are parenting all wrong. I mean, really, I have to just say it. And part of that is that sports mentality in parenting where it's competitive, everything is hard, you're struggling to get the best player, you're trying to go to the Olympics. It's like as if it's a race to a never ending tomorrow. And that approach to parenting will leave everybody disgruntled, despairing, depressed, and burnt out. Some kids can respond to it, the super talented ones, the super achieving ones, but it's not for everybody. And because it's not for everybody, it should just be something that you do only once in a while. But in, in essence, we're doing it to everybody and shoving everybody into the same playing field. And we have miserable kids and miserable parents. Because we parents were... Trained by the traditional parenting paradigm to believe it's our responsibility and obligation to control the F out of our, ch- our children, to raise them to become these little minions of our fantasies. We think that, that we are obligated and that's our, you know, 10th or 11th commandment to raise perfect, super happy, extroverted, cheerful, talented, ambitious, competitive, and very successful. Children, what a burden on us. And so we treat parenting as if it's this competition and we are trying to get to the finish line. And that mentality is stressed, it's always in a rush, it's always burdened. And it no wonder creates a stressed family system of which children are the prey. And they absorb that stress and they believe that their worth is in the medal, in the trophy, in the A grade. And you and I know as adults, that is a disaster for well-being because you believe that your external is the indicator of your internal. And then you're just like, now you're just going from one weighing machine to the next, one model, one therapy, one husband, one relationship to the next. And that's just a disaster in the making.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In your work, you talk about holding a mirror up to yourself, to mirror, for the children should hold a mirror up to mirror their own self-worth. Can you, one, elaborate on that? And two, as parents, how can we facilitate that for them?
2: Well, we have to, uh, in this book, I talk about three stages. We're talking about the parenting map, guys. It is 20 steps, three stages. In the first stage, I talk about a fundamental shift in philosophy and mindset. So part of that fundamental shift from traditional parenting to conscious parenting is understanding your role. What, what role are you playing in your child's life? In the traditional parenting paradigm, we truly believe that the role is to dictate, mandate and command our children's future and to mold them into perfect beings. In the conscious parenting mandate, the actual onus is nothing, has nothing to do with creating an outcome or a product. It all has to do with process and So the conscious parent understands that their role, their sacred obligation is not to create that perfect outcome of a child, but the role of the parent is to hold a mirror to the child's own inner initiative, own brilliance, own inner guidance system. So the parent, when you are a conscious parent, you're always thinking, okay, what is my role here? Is it to fix and manage and overproduce this child? Or is it to show the child how they need to know themselves? So so as a conscious parent, you're always directing the power back to the child. You're always telling the child to tap into their own knowing. Now, of course, young children won't know, but that's okay. Just because they don't know whether they should, you know, move to California or to Tuscany, they can't make big decisions like that or whether to get married at 27 or 29, But they do know what kind of socks they want to wear. They do know whether they want hard-boiled egg or scrambled. So you're always training them to figure out their own inner knowing. Parents will look at this as giving too much control or giving too much permission. It's not that. It's training the child to begin to know themselves.
1: At what age do you think that
2: that is appropriate? You start really small. Like you put the apple and the pear in front of them and you go, would you like this or would you like this? You know, you, you put the red socks and the yellow socks. Which one do you want to wear? To they go pick? And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, hmm, I don't know either. Let's figure it out. So you're helping them understand that they have some figuring out to do. You're not just leaving it to them and you're not just indulging them, but you're having conversations that from a very young age, make them realize that they have a voice, that they matter, that they have the power in their light in their lightweight, mighty bodies to be heard. They have the power to have an adult honor their wishes, not to their brattiness, not to their detriment of well-being. If they say, Mom, I want to smoke a cigarette, you're not gonna go, oh, let's go have a cigarette, right? This is not being an idiot, right? It's really understanding in an age-appropriate way, how can we as parents direct them back to their own knowing? What this takes from the parent, though, is an absolution or dissolving of their ultimate ego, of their authority. Like, they don't have to be on the pedestal. This is not about you knowing and your kid following. This is about you helping your kid, training them to listen to themselves. What an amazing muscle to build in children, right?
1: I love makeup. It's the one thing that makes me feel put together. My hair can be a disaster and I could be wearing sweatpants and a hoodie, but I love having my makeup on. Everyone has their own thing, right? I recently started using Mommy Makeup, a brand specifically designed for busy moms like us. Their products are talc-free, paraben-free, and made in the USA. Using the Mommy Makeup system, you could have flawless makeup in six minutes. I use their Mommy's Little Helper Concealer, the Smudge Proof Anywhere Cream, Stay Put Gel Eyeliner and Mascara. And of all of their amazing products, My favorite might be the Triple Sticks Lipstick and Cream Blush. These conditioning pencils are lipstick, cream blush, and treatment all in one, which is a huge time saver for me in the morning. Mommy Makeup even offers free color consultations so you could find the best colors for you. Head over to mommymakeup.com and use my special promo code MOMPROBS to receive 20% off. That's M-O-M-P-R-O-E-S to get 20% off. Yeah, I think that's the greatest gift we can give them. Yes, yes. And I love <laughs> how the book really breaks it down step by step. I mean, there's so many things. I've read most of it at this point now. It's incredible. I want to like commit it to memory to be a, a better parent. But there's so many different things to cover, and we have such limited time. I want to talk about one thing. You talk about warm, W-A-R-M. Can we touch on that for a second?
2: Sure. So it stands for witnessing, attunement, reciprocity, or respect. Which one is it? I forgot.
1: Reciprocity. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you give an
2: acronym, please give the whole thing. I'm like, there's so many R's, right? Yeah, I can
1: imagine.
2: In another acronym in the book, I talk about respect. So they're all good. And M is mirroring, right? Mm -hmm. So Warm and I, I use that acronym to help parents attune to their children because attunement is a big fundamental pillar of conscious parenting. And what it means on big level is that you attune to your children's essence, meaning you try to always figure out who they are in their temperament or their personality, the thing that comes naturally to them. And then you want to take them a little bit out of that comfort zone. But first can we attune? Like I was just with my daughter yesterday. She's at college, but I went to visit her. And we talked, she talked about how she likes her privacy and likes her space. And and I reflected back to her that she was always like that. And she said, I take time to adjust. I can't just be thrown into any situation. And I reflected back to her that she was always like that. And I said to her, you know, Maya, you were always slow to warm. And I, I recognize that in you. Slow to warm. It's funny. We're talking about warm. She was slow to warm, meaning slow to warm up to situations. She didn't, she wasn't a kid who you could just throw into any new situation. And I said, I honor that. And I honored it when you were young, even though my extroverted gregariousness wanted to just throw you into every situation. I realized that's not who you were. So I always gave you time to adjust. Like, I'm talking like 30 days to adjust to a new environment, like long time, no joke. And she was like, yeah, that's just who I am. Right? So I could see how she honored herself. So attunement is honoring our children's essence. And when, you know, you and I want the same thing. We don't want to be told if we're extroverts to be introverts. And we don't want to be told if we're introverts to be extroverts. We want to be seen for who we are. You know, if you and I are irritable in, in warm weather we need to be told with the love and compassion, you know, you get irritable in warm weather, but we don't want to be judged about it, right? And and then we can work with it, right? So attunement is key. So W stands for witnessing. We can only attune to our children when we witness them. But we're so busy micromanaging them and over-controlling them that nobody is witnessing. You know, stop and look at your children. Observe how they are. If you just observe their body language and their nonverbal You will first learn the art of shutting up, not talking so much, but also you will get so much information, especially when your kids are like, I mean, every age. I never needed to ask my daughter, how are you? How is school? No, I just needed to observe her. I would notice the tension in her shoulders. I would see how she skipped or didn't skip. I would see how she sang in the bathroom or didn't, or she played with the dog. It's all available. There's a wealth of nonverbal information that children operate through. Children are very physical. You will be able to tell, but you need to observe. So that's W, to witness. A is to accept, I think, right? It's accept. So accept. So now that you've witnessed and you keep witnessing that they are an introvert or they are really gregarious or they need to move around a lot or they're dreamers, then accept it. Stop trying to make them what they're not. Accept it, but not only accept it, celebrate it. R stands for reciprocity, and reciprocity, or is it, it's reciprocity, correct? Yes. yes. Reciprocity means just like you would want to be honored and cherished and celebrated, you do give it to them. Oh, I see that. So, for example, reciprocity could also mean just accepting where they are at. So in their temperament or wherever they are, are at in that time and space. So if you come home, you thought that they would have done all their homework, but they're still on the couch, you you give them reciprocity, meaning, oh, I, I see that you're still on the couch. I get like that too. I get it. You know, I didn't want to do my homework my entire childhood. I see you, I hear you. So you're you're engaging with them with this reciprocal respect and celebration and honoring. And then you're saying to them, hey kid, you know, or hey child or whatever, I don't mean any disrespect, whatever, Becky, can we can we now move on to, you know, tell me when you're ready to do homework, but you've got to do it by the next 30 minutes. Okay. So you're, you're, you're seeing them as your ally and partner, instead of as a puppet or object, nobody wants to talk. be talked to like a puppet or an object, neither are children. And then M is to mirror back to them. So if you're seeing that they're exhausted or you're seeing that they're distracted, you know, instead of attacking them, you go, Hey, I get it. I see that you're distracted. You know, I honor that in you. I understand And I feel like that many times too. So you're on, you're mirroring where they are at and you're honoring that state versus trying to push them into a different state of being.
1: Yeah. It's such a beautiful way to consider that because I know generationally speaking, (laughs) my mother and my grandparents were not necessarily doing that. And I think it's so important that we start to implement
2: this practice as parents, Exactly. But you have to have the desire to be respectful, right? You have to have the the desire to, to want to treat them like a sovereign human being. And most of us don't even think that we should. We've been told that children are our property, so we don't even think we should treat them as sovereign. And we were not raised as sovereign beings by our parents. We were dictated and commanded and puppeteered. So it doesn't even occur to us to give it to ourselves and then to give it to our children.
1: That's why I'm proud of us and our generation to be doing that. Cause not only as women, were we very dictated to about how we should act and how to be a, a good girl and all of those things. And so we're both standing up for ourselves now and for our children. Yes. It's
2: pretty incredible indeed. Yes.
1: Yeah. You are a huge proponent of meditation. You're very passionate about meditation Can I pick your brain on that
2: for one second? Sure, I'm very, very passionate about it. Yes, indeed.
1: How can we implement meditation and mindfulness into our
2: role as parents? Beautiful. So the reason why I'm such a fan of meditation is because it is the fundamental teaching of coming into the present moment. And children live in the present moment. And because they live in the here and now, they show us how we are not in the here and now. And parents live in the past or the future. So if you want to connect with your children, bringing ourselves back into the present moment is a constant cultivation. And it is in the present moment anyway where life is lived. Life is not lived in the past. It's not lived in the future. And our children are very present moment beings. So true connection means that the parent has to come here right now, drop the phone, drop the anxiety, drop the to-do list, and just like zone in. I'm here now. My kid is in this moment now. My kid is having a tantrum now. I wish they didn't. You know, I I could hope that they don't tomorrow. But right now, they're having a tantrum. So can I just enter this moment and handle this moment. But most of the time, we are shooting ourselves and our children. Like, you should not be in this moment. You should be in my fantasy of the moment. You should not be in this moment. You should be in some future moment. But they're here now, and we're here now, and and we're missing life in the here and now. So meditation is that practice to come back to the here and now over and over and over again. And it's a fantastic practice to release yourself from the regrets of the past and the anxieties of the future and really zone in on the here and now.
1: Yeah. It's so it's so insightful because as parents, you're right, we're thinking about the next thing, right? We're thinking already we wake up in the morning, we're already thinking about dinner time, or we're already thinking about putting the kids to bed, or we're thinking about what college they're going to get into, right? And so so infrequently are we present, truly, truly present with our kids without half of our mind thinking about the next thing?
2: Yes. It's not only we're thinking about the next thing, we're thinking about like 10 years from now. We're so invested in, in, the future, because we're filled with so much anxiety that we're literally not even raising the child right now. We, we are, we're trying to get the child into some future situation to handle the future situation, right? So if the kid is having a tantrum now, we're thinking, Oh my goodness, when they're in college and they're on their own, they're going to have a tantrum 20, you know, 12 years from now. And we're we're missing the... So then that gets us more anxious. So then we come down even more heavy with the control. Or the kid is having a tantrum when they're 14 and they slam the door and we think, oh my God, my kid is going to be a drug dealer when they're 30. We are always future-based for the most part and always fear-based. Parenting is right now being practiced as a fear-based model. And that's what conscious parenting is doing away with. Even though I have fear every day too, I'm managing my fear. I'm at least recognizing, wow, I'm really an anxious person. And most of my decisions and responses to my child are coming from the what if, not the what is. And I, 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 I practice every day to come back into the abundance and the joy of the present moment. And my book is a training manual really for parents to stop living in anxious futures and in fear-based futures and to really embrace the present moment because our children sense our departure from the present. They sense our anxiety and they actually absorb our anxiety. And then we're wondering, oh my goodness, my kid is so anxious. Well, because I've been reeking with this anxiety all about things that have not even happened yet, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Dr. Shafali. where can we
2: find your book? Well, it's available everywhere, but I, of course, want to support indie bookstores. So try to find one in an indie bookstore, but also on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. They can go to my website. I have all the links. It's com. We're talking about the parenting map. It's really a fundamentally different book than I've ever written. It's a how-to manual that you wish your kids came home with. And if you want to be a better parent, you have to get the skills, right? We cannot keep winging it, which we have been. We need to empower ourselves with the skills to truly become those conscious, grounded, and emboldened parents, conscious parents, present parents. There, there are things we can do on a day-to-day basis. And my 20 steps have Practice exercises after each one of them to help you develop that muscle of consciousness.
1: Excellent. Dr. Shafali. thank you so much for joining us today.
2: I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.